only call is about to start shortly with the realtor only call is about to start shortly with Ben Wilson. And the format's a little bit different today. We wanted to give you a better experience. There's an option in the right hand corner for QA. So Ben will open it up throughout the call for questions. Um, so please type your questions in there and we'll um, answer those. So take it away, Ben. Katie, thank you so much. And guys, it looks like we've got a packed house here today. Um, I'm super excited. This is a brand new platform that we're bringing to you guys to create a better experience. I know we've got all realtors on the call. Some of you realtors um, have never been coached in the course. Some of you have been being coached for a long time. And we've got a great, great one-hour session on how you can have it all in life, in business, in your company, and at home too. So having it all at work and at home is super, super important to our lives. We want to have balanced lives. When, um, for me personally, and I'm going to share a little bit of my story in a minute, but for me personally, when I think about having it all, I think about it being broken down into three categories. I think first you have to fi have financial security. I think second, you have to have balance of life. And then finally, the third piece, I think you have to be serving and giving to others at an extremely high level. And that part is hopefully going to end up becoming a legacy for you. And I think if you break it down into those three areas, you can actually have it all. So today, I'm going to break it up into a couple of three bite-sized portions to really be able to maximize because in an hour, it's impossible for me to give you everything on what it looks like for you all to have it all for you because every one of you all have a different viewpoint and a different vantage point of what having it all looks like. Every one of you all have different circumstances and different situations that you're trying to overcome. So what I want to do first, for those of you all who are on the call that don't know my story, don't know me, don't have a clue who I am, what I want to do first of all is just share my story um, and my journey very briefly uh, with the course. So for me, I'm celebrating this year, August 7th, 20 years of marriage to my wife. And I will tell you at year five and multiple years after that, my wife wanted to leave me. She wanted to leave me because of a lot of different reasons, but the 99% of it is I worked all the time. I was so driven early in my 20s on success, and I was so driven on accumulating wealth and, and money and all the things that really give you no joy in life. And I will just tell you this, fast forward, I have now been in the core and part of the core for 10 years, and it's been a beautiful experience because when I came in the core, I was working about 80, 90 hours a week, and that's a legit number. It's not a fictitious number. I literally worked all the time. I had two small kids and, um, and a wife who was doing everything in her power to keep and raise our family and keep us moving full steam ahead. And so I had a choice to make. I could continue going down the path that I was going down and probably lose my marriage, not have any relationship with my children, have a company that may or may not have done well, probably have a lot of money in the bank and have no friends and nobody that I could really trust in life. Or, which is what I did, is I chose to have someone in my life and an organization in my life to hold me extremely accountable at a high level. So when I came in the core, I was doing about $20 million in business. I had a team of five working all the time. 
And I looked at some of the people that were involved in the program at that point, and I said, you know what? There's a different way. There's something different about Dayton. There's something different about Kendra. There's something different about Todd and Rick and Rita. There's something different about them, and I want a part of that. And so I became, from that point on, a lifelong student of what it looks like to have it all. And that's the truth. I became a lifelong student of what it looks like and diving into what it could be to having it all. And so I wanted to first start with something simple. And I started with time management, and then I just allowed it to grow from there. So now let's fast forward. Once again, I told you this is the elevator version of my story because we got an hour to cram a lot of stuff in, and I know you're all going to have a lot of questions. So fast forward. Um, I'm celebrating 20 years this year with uh, with my wife, which is a beautiful thing. I have a company. I have 17 people that I get to work with every day. Um, I just about force everybody out of the office at 5 o'clock at my office. Um, very rarely do I work over 45 hours a week anymore. Um, I spend and have coached both of my kids at a high level in all their sports. I don't know that I have missed less than five of their big events, whether it's a sporting event or recital or whatever it is. I don't think I've missed hardly anything. Um, my wife actually still wants to spend time with me. She enjoys us cuddling up on the couch and watching our favorite program at night. Um, we have a foundation in faith. And I will tell you, I have some of my closest friends in the core. I've created an atmosphere that I'm still working on. I'm still a student of but an atmosphere to where I go to work every day with some of my closest friends. And when I first started in business, I had people that tell me that I couldn't mix my friendships and my family along with my faith into my company. And I will, I'm here to tell you that my company has faith and it is definitely faith-based and we do not hide from it whatsoever. My wife runs my operations. I have my best friend who runs our sales division of our company. One of my other best friends, we call her my work wife. She literally assists me and is there to cover my butt and run me every day. And that's Sarah Beth, my assistant. And I could go down the list of all these people. And so when I think of having it all, it's different for all of us. Um, but I feel as if I'm headed in the right direction to have that opportunity. I have balance. I have financial security, and now I'm able to spend most of my life giving back. So that's a long introduction to what we're going to talk about today and a short introduction and a short little insight to my life. So here's how I want to break it up, guys. I want to break it up into three sections, and after each section, I want you all, and we're going to open up for Q&A. So during each section, as you all think of questions, you're going to type them in, and then Katie is going to read me those questions when the time comes. And so the first section that I want to talk about and the first area that I want to talk about as we look to having it all in work and at home is mindset and having a plan. And so when you think of mindset and having a plan, the first question that I'm going to ask, and I want every one of you all to write this down right now, what does having it all look like for you in your life? One simple sentence, what does having it all look like for you in your life in one sentence? I have a good friend of mine. Matter of fact, he, he runs my sales division. I asked him, I said, what's having it all look like for you at work right now? 
He says, getting myself to a position where I don't have to work nights and I don't have to work weekends. So that for him and his work life is what having it all looks like. Maybe what having it all looks like in your personal life, it might look like something along the lines of being at all your kids' sporting events, being at their recitals, right? Tucking them in every night, having dinner together every night might look like having it all. Going on two family vacations a year might be having it all. Having a boat and going out on the lake on the weekends might look like having it all. But I want you all to write down in one sentence what having it all looks like for you. So what I'm going to do today when we talk about mindset and when we talk about having a plan, I want you all to think this way. Literally close your eyes right now, and I want you to go ahead and say whatever's in the past is in the past, and I want you to imagine a dry erase board and wiping it all off, and it's gone. Because whatever your past was, whatever your failures, whatever your mistakes, whatever your shortfalls, whatever has caused you to think you don't have it all today is in the past. And, guys, that's the first step in giving yourself an opportunity to having it all. But we have to have a plan because now we've wiped away everything, and so now we have to devise a plan. And you're like, holy cow, how do we devise a plan? So here's what the plan's going to look like for you guys. The plan is going to look like, and I'm going to break it down for you, and we're going to have all of this available for you with our concierge, and all you have to do is call them. But it's going to be started off in two forms. And the first form is where are you at now form. And I'm going to show you. This is mine for this year. It looks just like this. And it says, where are you at? And you're going to fill this form out. You don't have to do it right now because obviously you don't have it, but I want you to get it. And you're going to fill this form out. And it's seven areas of your life. It's work. It's money. It's your love life, family life, spirituality, your friends, and yourself. And you're going to write down the two areas, the two top areas in each one of those seven pillars that you struggle with the most. We have to start with where we struggle. We have to start with where we feel like we're missing the mark. And then we're going to rank them on a scale between 1 and 10 of where we feel like we're hitting in that area of our life because that's how you choose to prioritize what to work on first. Because let me tell you, I've been doing this and focused on this for 10 years, and I'm not there yet, but I can tell you that I'm well on my way. So that's the first step is we got to go through this form, fill it out, be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest with yourself. And then we're going to break that all down. And then at the very bottom, we're going to talk about what our biggest struggle is, what the biggest struggle is, because that's the first thing that we've got to conquer. And then there's another form. It's called where we want to be. I have these laminated. I do them every year. My team does them. My family does them. If you want to see it. And you want to see it live, you can actually go on my Facebook and see where my family does this, right? I'm living and breathing this because we all struggle. We all have to put the work in every day. And the next portion or the next form is called where we want to be. And, guys, this is part of the plan. Because in order to have it all in life, without a plan, it's just a dream. When we put a, bl a plan with it and we take our vision and we put it to pen to paper, we then have a chance 
of biting off a little bit at each time to make this happen. So next we go through the same seven pillars and we write on there where we want to be. Because here's the thing that a lot of people like to do. They want to make all the changes today and then they can't accomplish any of it because they get overwhelmed, frustrated, and stressed out. And so they just say, forget it all. I can't do it. I say we just focus on two things. The core, we say we just focus on two things in those seven pillars, which equal 14 things we will accomplish that year. And so we're going to attack the seven boxes, those seven pillars of where we want to be. Once again, work, money, love life, family, spirituality, our friends, and self to give us a well-rounded life and a well-rounded focus of what we want to achieve. And then we write down what the most important focus is for our life. And guys, that is the first step in this process of being able to have your best life ever and to be able to have it all. Now, let me take it one step further. Once again, all these forms we have for you, we have access in the core. We have access. So if you're not a part of the core right now, you can still call whoever referred you and they can get these forms for you. The next piece is once again, we have to have a plan. The next piece is that we have to have not just where we're at, where we want to go, but we have to write down and have a vision and formally write it down. And so in this form, it's a one-year vision form. It's going to talk about what vacations you want to go on that year, long weekends. What type of stuff do you want to have? What type of toys do you want to have? Guys, you have to write this stuff down. Where are your cash assets today and where do you want them in the future? Docs, 401ks, mutual funds, cash. Where's your giving? And guys, right now I know I'm talking about a lot of stuff, but once again, we have the forms for you to write it down. But this is the foundation. You have to know, you have to have a plan in order for you to get to the next level of having it all. And so we're going to talk about what are we giving? What are we giving with our resources and what are we giving with our time? What accomplishments do we want to have in the next year? For me, at this point in time, I have very clear accomplishments that I want to have over this year, but I only cut it to three. Fitness and health. Guys, when you look at the four F's, fitness, faith, finances, family, super important. You got to be focused on those. So what's your fitness and health look like? Next, we're going to talk about business. Describing the changes that you want to make in your business. You've got to make those changes. How many hours do you want to work? You've got to put it in writing before it's ever going to happen. Because if you just talk about it, then it's just a dream. It's almost an imagination. And we've got to take it from imagination to creation and then to execution of having this. Then we're going to talk about what your teams look like, where they're currently at and where you want them to go to. We're going to talk about your love life. Once again, this is all our seven pillars. We're just taking it a step further. Then we're going to talk about the biggest changes that we're going to have. We're going to talk about our real estate holdings. And we're going to make sure that we put all of this from our minds to a piece of paper written and something that we look at. Now, here's the next thing as we put this plan together. For those of you who, are, who might already have both of those, 
you take it to the next level and you do it for the next five years. We got to start thinking ahead. We got to forget the past and start thinking for the future. I told you in this first session, we're going to talk about mindset. Mindset is one of the biggest struggles that I've seen while I've been a coach, whether it's coaching basketball, whether it's coaching my students in the court, whether it's coaching my team or my companies, mindset is where it has to start. Once we get the right mindset, we put the right structure in place. I'm going to stop right there now, and I'm going to open up everything for questions. I'm going to spend about five minutes hopefully answering two or three questions that you all have because we want this to be as interactive as possible over this next hour, actually about 43 minutes that we have available. So we're going to open it up for questions right now. And Katie, I know that you have a couple things um, that you can engage. If you can read those questions to me, I would appreciate it. Tim, we don't currently have any questions right now, but just as a reminder to everyone, um, if you have any questions, even if it's not um, directly related to what Ben's talking about, if you have a question for Ben in general, just uh, please feel free to put that in the Q&A, and I'll read it out. Gotcha. So one of the things, guys, over on the right-hand side, it has the Q&A. You all can actually type in your questions um, and engage that. This is a little bit different system. Today is the first day we've had this system in the past. We've always been able to have you all actually verbally ask those questions. Um, so go ahead. You can type those questions in and put those in at any point in time. So let's take it to section two. So we've talked about mindset and we've talked about having a plan and what that looks like. Now we've got to put some structure around all that plan. So we've thought big, right? We've dealt with the past. We've thought about the future. And what we've done is we've thought big. And so now we've got to put structure into place. But before we get into structure, I see that there's a question. And so, Katie, can you read this question for us, please? Yes. The question is, when you're having a tough time sticking to the plan, how do you stay on task and stay motivated? Oh, that's such a great question, and I appreciate you asking that. Here is what, how we're going to end off. And when we end off in the third section of this is we're going to talk about how we create accountability at a high level in our lives in every one of those seven pillars. So those seven pillars that I read to you, and this is a great question, those seven pillars that I read to you, work, money, love life, family, spirituality, friends, and self, for you to have it all, you have to have someone holding you accountable or something holding you accountable in every area of those seven pillars. Sometimes it's the same person that holds you accountable to two or three of those items. And sometimes it's multiple people. You could have seven different people. You all have all, if you've ever heard Rick talk, he's had like 13 or 14 mentors in his life. I'm at 11 mentors that I have in my life, and I currently have five mentors that are helping me with those seven areas. Because guess what? Every one of us have happened to us. We all fall off. We all get complacent, and we all fall short and miss the mark. And we have to have someone there to be honest with us and someone also to help us push that reset button. Because every one of us falls short. Every one of us. I remember years ago, um, five years ago to be exact, 
five years ago, I have someone that I've been coaching and mentoring for a long time sit on my porch and look at me, and this is accountability at the highest level, and look me in the eyes and say, I look up to you as a husband and as a father, and right now as a husband, you are letting me down. Whoa. What I did in life is I gave him permission to be honest with me. And I shared with him some of my goals and what I, what I wanted to accomplish. And by doing that and by giving and empowering him to do that, he was able to be honest with me and share where I was falling short on how I was treating my wife, how I was th- talking to my wife, how I wasn't spending enough time in building her up and encouraging her. And if I didn't have that in my life, I could have gone down another road and taken another opportunity to lose this beautiful bride that I've been blessed with. I hope that answers the question for you. Structure. Structure to the plan, guys. Structure to the plan. In business, part of that structure, and I think the first question that you have to ask yourself is who is your client? But before we talk about who our client is, We're putting structure around having our best life ever in work and at home. And having our best life ever in work and in home, I believe and the core believes and we believe as a collective group that there are a few things that we have to do without a shadow of a doubt in order for us to have our best life ever. In my company and in my personal life, I have to have things very structured and written down. And so the form that I'm going to share with you now is probably the greatest form for managing our our life and the greatest accountability piece of paper that I have in my life to give structure around all these things that I want to accomplish every day. And here's what it is, guys. The perfect week. This, to me, resonates because Nick Saban the coach for Alabama football team, who's won tons of national championships and everything, he does something very simple with his football teams, and he has devised what he calls the perfect play. And every practice, they run this play until they get it perfect. And it's one simple play. And they run it over and over and over and over again. A guy told me a long time ago, the best businesses are the boring businesses. And what he meant to say by that and what he was saying is that in order to be successful in business, you have to have structure that seems redundant that you just do over and over and over again. Every one of you all on this call are here for a reason, and that reason is you want to be better in the future than you are right now. And one of the best at creating a boring business is Rick Ruby. One of the best at creating a boring business is Rick Ruby, and he does the same things over and over and over again. So this perfect week, what does that look like for you? Well, here's what it looks like right here. And guys, as I was preparing to speak with you all, this isn't something that I had to recreate or redo or anything like that because this sits on my desk every day. Once again, it's laminated. And so what I like to do is I mark off all the things that I accomplished in that perfect week, and I broke it down into four categories, four categories. And I'm going to give you a 40-hour work week and what those four categories should look like in work, and then I'm going to share with you two additional categories that I think are super important. So here it is, the four categories, 25 hours a week 
that gets placed onto your perfect week should be attributed to and be focused on prospecting. 25 hours a week on prospecting. Five hours a week should be on training and coaching, whether you're training other people or you're being trained, whether you're coaching other people or you're being coached. Five hours a week on training and coaching. Five hours a week on administrative duties. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's impossible. Well, it's not impossible, guys. It just feels impossible today. We have to put structure around it. And if you don't know where you're going, there's no way you're ever going to get there. you got to have the GPS, and the perfect week creates the GPS. And then the final five hours, and this, in my opinion, is where people miss the mark all day long. You have to have time all by yourself to think about the future and vision plan. You have to have quiet time to where you just simply sit down and you think about where you want your business to go and you make notes and you brainstorm and you think through and you meditate on all these awesome thoughts that you have five hours a week. That's a perfect 40 hour work week. The two additional areas that you put on your perfect week, very simply, your family. You have to put your family time on here. Family time. For me, my family time is all in gold because that's the most important piece for me. That's why I do what I do. So you look at my family and my church time, that is in gold because those things are super crucial. And then the second piece is yourself. You have to work on your fitness and your health. You have to be active and you have to be intentional about that. Prospecting, administrative duties. Vision planning, coaching and training for growth, family, and self. Those all need to be on your perfect week. That is your plan. And you're like, well, how can you ever achieve a perfect week? Well, let me tell you how you achieve a perfect week. You have to be intentional. And in our company, and for us, we want to achieve 80% of this every week. And if we achieve 80% of this, we have hit a home run. If we achieve 80% of this, we have hit a home run. Guess what? Because in our business as realtors, we get curveballs every day. Every day without a fact. I mean, all the time we have curveballs thrown. There's always somebody that wants our attention or something that's at a greater priority. What the perfect week does is that when we get out of balance and get off because of whatever gets thrown our way, it tells us what we have to do. It gives us a reset button. And guys, that reset button is the beautiful piece. It's like starting the game back over. I don't know if you all have ever played Pac-Man, but it's a beautiful thing when you can press that reset button and just start the game back over fresh. That's what the perfect week allows for you. So that's the first form in the structure that you have to have for having it all, for having a work and family life balance. Number two, greatness tracker. In the core we believe that we need to track everything. We need to understand exactly what it is that we have to accomplish each and every week. And we have seen successful people come in and out and all with us for years, 16, 17 years in the core now. And this is the formula. The greatness tracker for those of you all who, for whatever reason, don't like it, you're going to have to get over it because that is the formula for us realtors. 
and for lenders alike. The greatness tracker, how many face-to-faces, how many break breads, how many great conversations that you've had, right? How many videos are you shooting out? How many events are you going to? How many thank you cards? How many people are you honoring each each week in the written letter? Oh, my gosh. I look up and I take them down every quarter, and our quarter just started, so it is 10 days in. And I look up, and I've got like 12 or 13 thank you cards. That keeps me going, guys. But we have to honor people. And then we track our leads, and we track our deals. For us in the core, now keep in mind, guys, I want to make a plug real quick as I'm going through this. If you all have questions about what I'm talking about, I know I'm throwing a lot at you really, really fast. Please, please, please open it up. Go ahead and ask those questions because I want to be here to answer those questions for you. But with the greatness tracker, that puts structure around what you have to accomplish each and every day. And you go in and you fill out those boxes. If you're on this call and you've never seen a greatness tracker before, make sure that whoever introduced you to this particular call or to the core, that they share the greatness tracker with you. Next, structure. You got to have daily meetings with your team. If you're a part of a team or if you're leading a team, you should be a part of a daily meeting. That is a check-in. That is a download. That is you all coming together to make sure that you can go out and have a plan each and every day to accomplish all the things that you have to accomplish. Because if you're hyper-focused, and that's the only way you can get and have it all, is to be hyper-focused. If you're hyper-focused and you have those daily meetings each day, you're going to go through what in operations do we have to overcome? What are the big rocks? What in marketing do we have to come? Do we have to get signs out, right? Do we have to put social media engagement out there, right? Do we have to send a flyer out? Do we have to do emails or videos or get our letter of a heart out? We have to know each and every day who's accomplishing what. And then on the sales side, how many people are we calling? Who are we calling? I have a list given to me every day of all the people that I have to call. Guys, structure is super, super, super important. In this call and in this particular um, section that we're doing, um, you're not going to get it all. And you're going to be very overwhelmed on this call of all the things that you have to do. But just like I said in the very beginning, we have to bite it off a little bit at a time. we got to look to accomplish just a little bit of the time. One of the questions that I always get from my students after we go to a summit is, oh, my gosh, I got like 30 pages of notes and I got all this information. Where do I start? Right. Break your business down into three areas, three areas, operations, marketing, and sales. Break it down into those three areas. And for each one of you all, just from the business side of things, if you can each month try to accomplish one big thing each and every month in each one of those areas, by the end of the year, you would have accomplished 12 things in each one of those areas to improve your business. 36 things in improving your business in just one year. But a lot of times we look at everything and we just get overwhelmed. So this is why we have to put structure. 
And so I, I can hear people saying this right now. I can hear this. Oh, my gosh, I don't have enough time in the day. I don't have enough people to even begin this. Guys, start with the perfect week. Start with your structure with the perfect week. Go to a greatness tracker. Know the formula and accomplish it. If you're all by yourself, just focus on accomplishing it all by yourself. Final thing when it comes to structure, you have to, like I said, five hours a week, you have to be in coaching, you have to be getting trained, and you also have to be reading and educating and improving yourself. But you've got to allot that five hours a week to improving in this area and in these areas for sure. Guys, I'm going to stop here. Second section, structure. I threw a lot at you. I want to open it up for some Q&A. It looks like we may or may not have some questions in there. I can't quite tell. I'm still learning the system. If we don't have any questions in there, I'm going to keep going. But if we do have some questions, I want to stop right now and give you all an opportunity uh, for me to be able to answer these questions for you guys. I know that there's a lot of people on this call, so I'm sure that we have a few questions out there. Ben, we do have a, a couple questions. Um, Perfect. The, the first question is from Matt McCormick. Um, who holds you accountable to assure you're hitting your health goals, especially when the business might have months of higher stress points? Absolutely. That's a great question. So I have – one person in particular, and that's my trainer, who, as a matter of fact, I'll be seeing him today at 530, my trainer that holds me to the highest level of my health goals. But then on a low level, I have, and for me personally, I have to have huge consequences for me to accomplish. I have fought my health. I have fought over the last five years, especially losing weight and getting down so that way I have the endurance to fight this good fight and go as hard as I do. Um, and it's been on the low level for me. And so I have now brought in three individuals who are very close to me and we all have laid out in writing what our goals by the end of this year are. And if we achieve these goals together, and that's the only way we get the reward, we have a big trip that we're going to take together. So we have a reward if we all achieve our health goals. If any one person fails, so we're all encouraging, but if any one person fails, they have to buy the other people a very, very expensive watch. So that consequence um, will hurt, I promise. Um, so for me, I have a trainer who I pay, and I have extreme accountability to this guy because I'm paying him a lot of money. Um, and then the lower level of accountability comes from good, some good friends of mine that we really want to spend time with. And if we all accomplish this, we get to spend more time. And for me, um, I'm very relational, and that's something that's super important to me. And I don't want to take an opportunity to lose time with my close friends. So I hope that answers your question, Matt. We have an, another question from um, Michael Wilhelm. He wants to know, what percentage of the time do you hit your numbers on the greatness tracker? What percentage of the time do I hit my numbers on the greatness tracker? Yes. 100%. I don't miss. I don't miss because I've had Rick and Todd as my coach. And the few times I missed early on, it was not pretty. And then I realized the value behind it. Um, for me, um, having face-to-faces, once again, I have structure in my perfect week and in the things that we do. 
that makes sure that I hit my face-to-faces. My assistant knows how many face-to-faces I have to hit. So we hit it. And if I don't hit those, and if I ever didn't hit those, there will be consequences not just for me, but there will be consequences for my assistant too. I also have the break breads. The phone calls have always been really easy to me. Matter of fact, uh, first time in a long time I got in trouble, I literally got reamed out because I was making too many calls. And he wanted greater quality. Rick wanted greater quality from my calls. So he said I needed to dial my calls back. Um, the only areas that I don't hit in my greatness tracker every month, so I probably shouldn't say 100%, but the only areas I don't hit in my greatness tracker every month, I don't always get 10 deals. I mean, every week, I don't always get 10 deals and I don't, all, or excuse me, three deals and I don't always get those 10 leads. Um, those are the two areas on the results side that I can't control. Uh, but I can control how many break breads. I can control how many face-to-faces. I can control my thank you cards, and I can control my phone calls. Um, and in those areas, I hit that 100% of the time. But I don't always get all my deals, and I don't always hit all my leads. Um, but that's a great question. And I would say that on my leads and on my deals per week, I probably miss the mark about 25% of the time if I was to guesstimate at that. Um, but I do track it at a high level. And when you look at the months as a whole, um, very rarely have I ever not hit how many leads I needed to get for that week and how many deals I wanted to get. And that only comes from structure and consistency. Great question. I got time for one more question before I head into the final session. Um, ben, we have one quick one. Um, Rivka wants to know if there's a form for the perfect week, and we do have that. You can ask your concierge, and they'll be happy to send that to you. Um, the next question is from Matt McCormick. Can you share your one sentence that describes what having it all looks like for you? I can. I can. And before before I share this one sentence with you guys, I want you all to understand that I keep this in writing and I keep it on a coffee mug. Um, I have to have it in my face all the time. And here's my one sentence. I want to be a positive impact in everybody that I encounter's life. I do not always do that, but that is having it all for me is when I am a positive impact in literally every person that I encounter every day in every circumstance, I'm a positive impact to their lives. That is my one sentence. Very easy. That's my why. And if you ever see me drinking coffee in my office, you will see this coffee mug and you will see that actually on the coffee mug. Good deal. Great question, Matt. I appreciate it. So we're going to finally, we're going to end off with bringing this all together, and we are going to talk and really dive in to what it looks like for you all to have accountability in your life. So we've talked about having a mindset that believes that you can achieve it all, which is very, very, very hard for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, because you have baggage. You've been brought up where you've told you weren't good enough. You've been brought up where you have been led to believe that you can only achieve a certain level. You've been brought up to believe that it's impossible to have it all. And for me, without jumping on a huge, huge soapbox, I'm going to be crystal clear. For me, I believe God created us in his image, 
and we are created to be great. And if we're created in his image to seek perfection, not to expect perfection, but to seek perfection and to seek greatness out of our lives, that we are told that if we choose to make the right decisions, surround ourselves with the right people and do the right things, that we can have it all in life. I choose to mentally, spiritually, from my heart and physically believe that I can have it all. Now, the reality is, is I'm not there yet, but I feel like I'm well on my way. I feel like I'm headed in the right direction. I feel like I've surrounded myself with the right people. And one thing I'm going to share with you all here in just a few minutes in regards to mindset is 20 tips to having your best life ever. 20 tips. I've broken it down. I started off with mindset, plan. We talked about where are you at now? Where do you want to be? One-year visions. These are forms that we have, so we're not asking you to create it yourself. Five-year visions, if you want to really stretch out there. Then we talked about structure. What are the key components of creating structure? Perfect week. That's real. Everybody on my team has this. Everybody down to my front desk receptionist has a perfect week of what it looks like for them. For those of you all who are realtors that are on the call, and I believe the whole call is realtors, greatness tracker. Guys, own this form. It's the greatest sales form that you could ever have, right? Because if you learn to master your career and your work, it's going to give you the opportunity to create financial stability. And I started with this. Financial stability is where it starts. Financial stability gives you the opportunity to have balance of life. So I have some people that say, well, I don't need money to have balance of life. I have heard that so many times. And I'm not saying that it's about money, but I am saying this for sure, that you do need money to have balance of life. If I want to go on a vacation and recharge because I'm exhausted in the office, because I'm exhausted and I go on vacation, what's going to happen is, is I got to put it on a credit card if I don't have financial stability in my life. And then I'm worrying about every little thing that I buy while I'm on vacation, and it's hard to recharge because then all I'm thinking about is getting back to work so I can pay for the vacation. That is not a recharge. That is not resetting. Balance of life, if you need therapy with your wife or with your kids or your husband, or you just need therapy in general because you got a lot of baggage from when you grew up, right? You can't pay to go have a counselor. To do that, if you don't have financial stability in your life, you might make choices to where you don't do those things. So financial stability leads to balance of life. And when you have balance of life, meaning you got people in your world that care about you and you're doing the right things and you have a structure around you, you then get an opportunity to give to others and serve others. And I'm going to put it to you all super simple. I just read this book, and it put it as simple as it gets. It says that the only way that you can create value in other people's lives is to influence them. That's the only way that you can create value is to influence them. But the only way that you can become influential in anybody's life is to serve them. So let's start from the bottom. You have to serve other people to have influence over their life. And when you have influence is when you then have the opportunity to create value in their life. How many of you all want to create value in the lives of those people around you? 
right? That's where this all comes together. And we've got to be aware that there's got to be a plan. So that's the second. We put structure and then finally accountability. We've got all this together. And a question was asked is, how, who holds me accountable to my fitness? Well, I shared with you who holds me accountable to my fitness. But then we've got to break it down. At work, who's holding you accountable to your career goals? Well, if you're in the core, you have a coach and you have multiple people that are holding you accountable to hitting your career goals. And in the core, we help you earn, we help you save, and we help you give. Earn, save, and give. And we're going to hold you accountable at an extremely high level because we know it's hard and you need help and you need encouragement and you need that nudge along the way. With money, we're going to help hold you accountable with money. But in addition to holding you accountable, you should also have a financial wealth manager or a financial planner in your life that helps you achieve your goals and then holds you accountable to achieving your goals. In your love life, for those of you all who are married and you have a love life, guys, love life is about selflessness. And your spouse should be holding you accountable in this particular area of your life. They should be holding you accountable. Family, my goodness, my parents, I didn't go home for Christmas this past year, and it broke my mom's heart. And my mom and my dad hold me accountable to making sure that I could continue to spend time with my family. But in addition to that, I have good friends around me, and I've chosen to surround myself with great people and empower them and let them know how important my family is to me. And I have them also holding me accountable. Because when you choose to become great in life and pursue greatness in life, you have to understand that you live in a glass box. You live in a glass box, guys. And when you live in a glass box, that means everyone is watching all the time. Your kids are watching, your spouse, the people that you work with, your friends, the people that are in your community. They're all watching all the time. And if you want to be great, you have to surround yourself with the right people. And when they say that, hey, you need to step up your game in a certain, ever, a certain level of your life or in a certain area of your life, you need to do it. Spirituality. You need to have a spiritual guidance. For, for Rick and a lot of the members of the core, Roy serves as, as an accountability measure for hitting and achieving your spiritual goals. For me, just to give you an idea, I have a discipleship group of guys that we meet every week on Monday, and we walk through accountability in our life and what that looks like for each one of us because it's different. Friends, I'm at a point now to where I want less. Less is more. <laughs> I don't want any more friends. I want the friends that I have, I want to go deeper. And so I share with each one of my friends exactly what it is that a relationship looks like for both of us to continue to grow. So that means you have to communicate. You have to spend time with each other. You have to truly provide value and serve your friends. And then the final thing is self, and that's the fitness piece. Um, in a holistic format, that's the fitness piece. What you put in, all right, what you put in your body is going to ultimately dictate the energy that gets put out. I heard it put like this, that it's very important to put plants, right, into your life instead of having plants 
create things and manufacture things that you put into your body, not your life, but into your body. And I think that's super important. Um, I am definitely I'm about 40 pounds overweight right now, and that's something that I'm hyper-focused on. And so for me, I've got to pay a lot more attention to what's going in my body for me to get the energy out of my body. But accountability in each one of those seven pillars of life is crucial without a shadow of doubt. I got 10 minutes, guys, and I see that there's a bunch of questions on here. So breaking it down, one, you have to have mindset, put your mind in the right place and a plan. Two, we got to put structure to the plan. Three, the third step is you have to be held accountable and have people that you allow to hold you accountable in your life to your plan. That is the three-step process to having it all, guys. That is it. So, Katie, we're going to open up for some more questions, and we've got 10 minutes here. Okay, so first question is from Ralph. Um, he wants to know, filling out all of your forms, part of your five hours a week of personal time. No. So, filling out my forms, which this is a great question, filling out my forms falls under administrative time. So, the five hours, not of personal time, I put that in administrative time. As you get further along, when I first started, I had to fill out every one of those forms, and it's crucial because you need to know what you're doing. But I put the filling out of the forms in my administrative time. Good question. The next question comes from Eddie. Um, he wants to know what CRM software do you recommend? So there's there there's a lot of good CRM softwares. The two the only two that I can can point you in the direction of are the two that I've used. Um, so for 14 years, um, almost 15 years, I used Top Producer. Um, we have since decided that we want to be a lot more efficient. And so we have gone and we have now spent this entire year so far um, making the transition from Top Producer to a more efficient program called RealVolve. RealVolve. So we've gone, Top Producer did a good job to get us to that $100 million company, but now we want to become more efficient, and RealVolve is the CRM system that we are using now. The next question comes from Brian. Um, he wants to know how much of your 25 hours of prospecting occurs organically, and how much is planned slash intentional? Mm, man, that's such a beautiful question. This is something that I have, it's a, it's, it is definitely firing at a moving target all the time. So I have tried to make all 25 hours of my prospecting a week very intentional in writing and structured. And here's the reality. In our business, we are hitting so many moving targets, you can't do that. And so I've spent the last year and a half backing off of that. So what I have now is approximately 15 hours of prospecting a week that is hyper-intentional. So when you break down that 15 hours, five hours of that 15 are going to be your power hour that you do each and every week. Okay? Five hours additional each, each week are going to also be scheduled appointments for listings that you automatically have locked and loaded for people to schedule for you. 
and then another five hours that you already have blocked on your perfect week every week are five hours that you do consultation meetings for buyers. So that makes up the locked and loaded 15 hours. And then I keep 10 hours of green time. So that's two hours a day. That's the idea. That's the goal. Two hours a day of green time that just leaves me free that when that person calls and says, hey, I just drove by this house and I'm in love with it. Can you show it to me? Boom. I can go out there and do it. And I have two hours of my day every day that I have blocked off to just give me freedom to be able to go and do that. And here's what I found because I work with predominantly only my VIPs and that has taken seven years to get to that point. When you get to that point, and let me give you a little bit of hope, when you get to that point to where you're just working with your VIPs and you have your team handling everything else, when you get to that point, they all follow suit with your structure and they're more than happy to do it. Um, so that's how the 25 hours looks. 15 locked and loaded and scheduled, 10 hours that have what I call flex green time, which is flex prospecting time. I hope that answers. All right, we've got about five minutes left, and so definitely got time for a few more questions. The next question is, being new to the business, should I focus on past fear or new re referral partners or both? So repeat that question. The first past what was that, Katie? On, on past fear or new referral partners or both? Being brand new to the business, you have to understand that there's only two types of business that you're ever going to have, and that's acquisition and that's retention. So for you, if you're brand new in the business, you need to be spending, as brand new in the business, you need to be spending 80% of your time for the first two years in acquisition time and 20% in retention. So the retention are going to be people that you already have a relationship with. Here's what happens when you're new into the business. The people that you have relationship with, and this is something I know it sounds counterintuitive, they want to see you're actually going to stick with it. And so they are going to love you, and they're going to maybe consider doing business with you, but they are actually going to be much harder to get all the way to the closing table for the first two years of your business than the new acquisition, which are people that you don't have a relationship that you're building a relationship with uh, because they don't have any preconceived notions of you whatsoever, or they don't really know how long you've been in the business. So 80% of your time in retention, or excuse me, in acquisition, and 20% of your time in uh, retention. So for that, to answer your question, new business, focus 80% of your prospecting time on getting new business if you're new. Focus 20% of your time for just the first two years. After that, we're going to flip-flop. Great question. Amy Freeman wants to know, what book did you read that's from about influence and value? Go-Giver. It is by uh, Bob Berg and John David Mann. Fantastic book. It's five powerful uh, principles, five of them, that are directed towards having a great business. And let me cue you in. The first principle 
or the first law, if you will, is the law of value. And so that was, it's a fantastic book. Um, I'm on my second go around now of reading it. Um, it's written in a fable format, which is a very easy way to, to read. You can read it and fly right through it, and you're going to find a ton of value from that. Great question. All right, looks like we might have time for one more question, Katie. Um, Mike wants to know, is your time spent showing homes or at listing appointments a part of your 25 hours of prospecting? For me now, for me personally, and keep in mind, I'm 15 years in the business and I've got a great support around me. For me personally, almost all of my time is with the listings. Almost all of my time is with the listings. I do work with some buyers, but the buyers that I do work with, I then hand off to my buyer's agents or my showing agents, and they go out and take care of showing them uh, the homes and walking them through that process. So for me personally, I'm on listings, but I believe that you're going to be working with buyers until you build a team of five or more around you pretty consistent. You're going to have to work with buyers. Once you get a team around you based upon the course model of five or more, you should be working with mostly listings as a team lead. Guys, I'm so glad that I got to be with you all today. I know we had a few little bumps and we got used to it. It took some time getting used to everything, but I think that uh, overall it went very well. We've got a mega coming up this August. If you all want to find out more information, there's all kinds of information on our website that you can engage that with. Guys, there's a few spots left, so make sure and jump on that. We're going to be throwing 100 leads and teaching you how to get 100 leads a month just like clockwork through the structures and systems and tactics that we have. And then in November, we have our summit, which is the, the I mean, the creme de la creme of information. Mega, if you're just getting started in the business or you have some team members that you want to send there, is fantastic. Off the charts, you're going to have some great people giving and delivering that information. Guys, I appreciate you all allowing me to be on here, and I wish you all the best. Talk to you all soon.